Hi there. Uh, Anil Varats from Step Gold Limited, uh, Executive Vice President and Director. Uh, for those who are new to the story, Step Gold is a new gold and silver producer based out of Mongolia, where we brought our oxide mine into production in April 2020. And we've just recently put out a feasibility study to expand into our fresh ore deposit over the next couple of years, with still a lot of exploration to be done on both of our properties. I know. Good to see you. I haven't seen you since March last year. Been a while. Well, crikey, 12 months. Been a while. 12 months. Um, <laughs> You had a shocker of a year last year in, in, in country. You know, share prices come off, market cap has come off. What happened? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's, it was a tough year, obviously, for everyone. Uh, still with, obviously, COVID still rampant, even today. Uh, supply chain issues uh, globally, not just for small companies like us, uh, certainly uh, had an impact on our, on, our, on our production. So, you know, we ran into some reagent supply chain issues that, uh, that, made, that forced us to defer production, uh, really until uh, now. We just restarted uh, just a few weeks ago, as we announced. And so last year wasn't really a producing year, but it was a, a year of inventory buildup. We still put out a feasibility study on an expansion project, and we solved the issue of supply chain. And, and that's obviously a, a, big, a big deal uh, for us because we never had any issues when we were, were a producer. Uh, our, our margin was fairly, fairly high and robust. Cash flow was strong, but you know we had to defer that. And, and you saw that in the share price because a lot of people assumed we'd have to raise equity to make it through the winter to bring production online, and we did. We didn't. So thankfully, we made it through. Uh, you know, as a large uh, uh, shareholders, uh, as board of management, we're aligned with our investors, and we wanted to do everything possible to not have to raise uh, dilutive equity at those levels, and that's what we've achieved. Okay, so I, I want to come on to the money in, in, in a sec, but let's talk about this, these supply chain issues specifically. So uh, you mentioned reagents in the press releases, and you just mentioned it again. Again, that was that was that the only problem here, and you know, and where were you getting supplies from that kind of dried up, and where have you gone to to solve the problem? Absolutely. So to be clear, there was no shortage of the supply uh, out of China. That's where we've had no issues from the start. We were get, we were procuring it actually from the land border across. 10 days, make a payment, 10 days is on site. It was actually a very good supply chain and, and logistical exercise. Uh, during COVID, um, uh, the border was closed with China. And you know China had a zero COVID policy. The, 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 they didn't want to allow drivers crossing the border back and forth. So that really started a queue at that border. Now, saying that, things eventually did get through, but hazardous materials have still not come through over the last year. So we got our our, our crusher for phase two that we procured that from China, same border, came over last fall. So in September, it came over in all the parts and we're actually installing that as we speak. So certain things came over, reagents, no. So supply uh, supplies available in China, just not through that land border. So what, what it made us, uh, what it forced us to do, obviously, is as any company should do, is not have a single source for any equipment or agent or, or, you know, you should always have multiple sources. It's obviously the best way to diversify your risk. Even then you can still can't control what happens globally. Uh, so we, we, we did open up other channels over the last nine months. It took that long to do new permitting, to complete new permitting exports from different countries, logistical approvals from different countries. And we opened up about four different channels uh, and that's what's finally hit. So that China land border issue still exists today. It could open up Again, like I've said it on multiple interviews over the last year, any time, and sure, we'll, we'll continue to do that too, because this is the quickest and cheapest. In the meantime, we've shipped uh, Chinese product by a vessel uh, up to a couple of the countries uh, along, along, along the ocean there, as you can imagine, and we're able to bring it in the country that way. So that's one uh, way. So we're using the same supplier, 
having them ship it out, unfortunately, via vessel and then bringing it into the country through different channels. That's been our, 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 our best solution so far. And then we've also looked at other countries, including Kazakhstan, uh, including Georgia. Um, and, uh, you know, unfortunately, with the, the new political issues in the region, um, you know, bringing product through Russia has become even more difficult, even though it's not Russian product. So for now, we're, we're pretty safe with the new supply channels we have. But we have before open today, uh, which allows us now to continue to build up our inventory. And that's that's also the key here is we, we are building up inventory while we're in production. We're, we're ordering additional shipments every week. We've had multiple shipments since we announced on March 1st that we restarted and received our first. And we're going to continue to build up a four to six month uh, stockpile of inventory on site so that we can, you know, nip this issue in the butt should it happen again. Okay. So you, you may maybe from a sort of just in, just in time strategy mm-hmm. through to actually having to stockpile, have inventory there. Right. I understand. I think you're not the only one, right? But yep. what I'm trying to understand is hazardous material at the border is the problem on the Chinese side or this problem on the Mongolian side? Because again, a big part of what I yep. need to understand here is how supportive is the Mongolian government? I mean, given what we're about to talk about yep. in terms of finance, uh, you know, they were already uh, equity holders. They're now I'm providing debt. Um, where's the holdup? At yep. the border, it's on, it's on the other side. So it's not the Mongolian side. The Mongolian government is very supportive. They have, they've they've been trying to work with us with the with the uh, with their opposing government to open up channels. And in fact, you know, China has I think seven to eight producing mines in China, in Mongolia. Those those some of those also need the same products we do, and they've been starved. So we assumed, as we did, you know, not you know, we were naive at the beginning of no issues during COVID, and we brought stuff over that eventually this would be solved because. Their own companies rely on it as well, right? Uh, Chinese companies. So um, it's, it's an issue on that side, unfortunately. Okay. Something so, we can't control as yet, uh, but being worked on every day still. Okay. And obviously, it was a COVID specific issue, certainly at the outset. And we, we, we obviously read reports recently about, you know, whole cities being still, uh, recently, you know, a couple of weeks and, and presently being shut down by, by the China. So they're obviously very concerned about, um, Stemming the 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 COVID continuous COVID outbreaks there, but what's the difference between getting a crusher through the border and getting reagents through the border? What, why why do they view that differently? Exactly. Unfortunately, we 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 can't give you that answer. So we think COVID is is you know the uh, under the premise of COVID is how this all started, but certainly you know there may be other factors at play, and and I I can't answer, and, and we're not here to to um, you know I, we're not here to make enemies either, but. Uh, certainly, there could be other other things at play here that we can't control, and that's that was you know it was it was pretty frustrating when we we're updating the market you know over the last year, and I had to you know I was at the firing squad against me but of why why how how and we, it was, that's the only explanation we we knew of, uh, and it's something we couldn't solve for. So it's something you can't control, then you have to move to more reliable sources in the meantime. Um, so it, it may be political, it could be COVID related, it could be both. Um, I, I can't give you that answer, but it certainly started with COVID because they closed the country off and nothing was getting through at one point. But maybe it's more opportune to focus on the hazardous materials. Okay, so so let's so let's, let's kind of look, look to the positives here, right? So last year wasn't a complete write-off. You were able to produce. You, you know, you just put out the financial results for the year in 2021. So the, some money came in. Can you give us a, the yep. highlights there? Yeah, listen, we still we still managed to to produce over 12,000 ounces at a, at a high margin, bringing in some capital, uh, you know, EBITDA positive still, right? Uh, on a very small amount. So without any new shipments for over a year of cyanide, we still managed for the one quarter we were in production to generate some cash to, to allow us to not have to raise equity, which obviously you would have seen the drift in the share price 
uh, through the summer down where people assumed that we would have to raise equity without any new shipments. So uh, that, that was certainly a positive uh, last year of, of having to, some production without any real top up of, of the key agents to be a producer and process. More importantly, I think, while, while waiting, we built up our inventory. And that's a huge, huge thing here. So while the gold price continued to move, rise, we were mining, crushing, stacking. And, and, and on, a, on a recovered basis, we're sitting at about 82,000 ounces between the, the leach pad, the ROM pad, and uh, what's blasted in the pits. And that, so that's more than you know, essentially 18 months of production. On a, go, on a go forward basis. So now we hit the ground running. So we stopped burning cash in November on the mining blasting. We didn't need to build up any more inventory if you couldn't get to it. Now we can get to it. We're restarting mining, crushing, stacking, and blasting for, for, for additional, you know, for the in, the in the pits. But we're also now processing this inventory that we have. So that inventory is, is sitting there, mainly paid for last year. So all our capital went there. And so as we now start ramp up here as we're doing, the cash will come out very quickly and build up. So that's that's the beauty here is, is that's a big a big deal. We hit the ground running because if, if you remember, we never had any operational issues when we were in production. So the first nine months when we started again at a very tough time in April 2020 where COVID, you couldn't get in the country, COVID uh, closed all the borders. So even people assumed we wouldn't get cyanide in the country, reagents in the country then. Right, because the border was effectively closed through our government relationship, they were able to bring that on because the gold production is important to them as well. So we have that alignment with the with the government. So that's a huge achievement, I think, uh, of building that inventory paid for last year. So we hit the ground running this year, which means we're actually going to generate a lot of cash flow uh, as we process and, and ramp up over the next couple of months, right to the year, and it's, it's paid for. Second, okay. we released a feasibility study on the larger projects. So most people considered us as a, a three to four year oxide mine, 50 to 60,000 ounces, not very sexy to be honest, right? For us, it was great because it's it's a that generates the cash flow to grow your business through expiration, but also the phase two that we knew was already there in terms of scale and size. Now we, we put a, a, a number on it and we showed that there's 10 and a half years of mine life at about 100,000 ounces run rate sitting there below us, just starting from 40 meters. So that's a permitted expansion sitting right below the oxide mine that in two years we can bring online while still having the cash flow machine from the oxide mine. So, you know, for the next two years, we'll be producing the oxide mine, but then transition to the fresh ore. So now we have today 12 and a half year mine life. Yes, the next two years is only about 50,000 ounces per year, give or take, but then we double our production profile. And a lot of that cash flow from the next two years pays for that expansion. So that's a big deal. That's a big achievement. And and yet a lot of room to grow, which we can get into uh, later, I'm sure. But uh, more importantly, two weeks after we announced that, and of course, no one cared because we were in the penalty box of not being a producer. Uh, you know, So our share price still didn't really move or react to that. Um, we, got, we received a 60 million US debt package sponsored by the Bank of Mongolia. This is a landmark first of its kind of that scale and size. Uh, it was in our, it was sitting there approved uh, within two weeks. I don't know too many companies that can announce a feasibility study and have half, almost half the capital for that, the capex for that phase two in two weeks lined up. And so that that shows a, a, a very good vote of confidence and strong vote of confidence for for STEP and the government in us. The government wants to increase gold production. We're one of the, the, the leading companies to, to achieve, help achieve that in the next couple of years. And they allowed us to get through the winter and continue the phase two expansion items without 
uh, waiting for a, a larger expanded uh, package. So it, it did a few things, obviously. Uh, kept us uh, from not having to raise equity. Uh, kept the phase two expansion going while people still couldn't get in the country. Uh, you know, it could be it could be six months for international financiers to, to get there and, and then write checks. So instead of waiting for them, we got that voter support and capital available us, to us domestically. Huge voter support. Rick, explain to people why it's important to you that you got the money from Mongolia for this. Because um, so, but if I look back to Canada and the institutions, because you, you, you certainly had good institutional support when we spoke about it about a year ago. They will have wanted to have raised this um, money for you, um, clearly, yeah. predominantly, I suspect, um, as equity. Um, do you think you're going to lose their support at a time when you probably need them a bit, given you're in the penalty box? No, I think now is the opportunity for them to also look good in front of their clients because many of these, these investors get to buy in a lot cheaper than even our last financing in where we ran up before even having some of these milestones. Know, but they want fees, right? The, the bankers want fees. Yeah, oh yeah. They want to Listen, raise money, uh, charge you fees. <laughs> as a former banker, I and, and, and you know that business as well, obviously very well. We know we know how to feed the street. We know we've increased our research coverage without with banks that don't we don't haven't paid a fee to, right? In all this. This is over the last 12 to 18 months. So um no, there's always room for the banks to be our partners. They are our partners, just like everyone else. It has to be at the right time. So if we if we went to them in in November and said, hey, we're looking for the money, give it to us by January. Good luck, they, right? So what 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 this this package did is allowed us to keep moving forward while we build that international syndicate and grow that debt base. So they didn't lose anything. In fact, we're just basically going to refinance this out and grow it and bring in whoever wants to participate, whether it's other international banks, some traders. Uh, so there's a couple opportunities, I guess. We've actually created more opportunity for them by the refinance in a larger amount, but we bought them time um, as well. And we bought ourselves time. And that, that's the key, I think. So no, I think they're happy. And obviously equity, the equity side is where they make fees as well. There's debt side and of course equity side. We don't need to raise money at these levels. And you know, our last raise was I think 2.15, uh, just under two years ago. And we, we never planned to raise below those levels. And I don't think we need to until we're multiples of where we're trading today. So certainly there is an opportunity if they support us, get more eyeballs in the story and help us close the valuation gap because uh, we are, you know, we were always undervalued and we still are today, but it's okay. It's a show me story. We have to build some credibility over the next few months with production, maybe some some other expiration news. But uh, bottom line is there's a lot of room for, for our partners to play uh, in the future. So they're okay. okay. That's why we're having a, a site visit at the end of April, first time in two and a half years. And there's four banks coming so far. And I think a fifth or six are, are getting approvals. Still not everyone's allowed to travel as yet. And there are obviously other people uh, competing with other companies, but certainly we're seeing the, the interest. Okay, so, so there's something for them in, in, in the future. You, you, you recognize the need for that, okay? And I yeah. think that benefits, not, they may be wanting chasing fees, but it's gonna benefit, the extra eyes are gonna benefit retail as well. Um, so that's fine. Um, talk, to me, talk to me about this kind of ramp up period now. So you, you've, you've gone out and found other sources, multiple sources for uh, your, your own supply chain. Um, obviously last year's numbers, as you, you say, for obvious reasons, not, not so good, but this year you've got the benefit of having spent the money in 2021 and therefore I guess margins will improve for, 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 for this year for the production that you do have. So um, what are you expecting, how are you expecting this to, to um, ramp up over the, for the next two year period? Yeah, so, you know, as, as many know, you know, the heat bleach is not supposed to be started and stopped, you know, so we, had, we ran into that 
And that's why, you know, production, we're in ramp up mode again, right? We haven't produced uh, much since last summer. And so we are now there and, and, and the solutions uh, obviously ramping up and, and inventory is already there. So we see this, you know, next kind of, you know, six to eight week period as ramp up to get to a, more of our run rate, uh, you know, I guess production uh, forecast. And, and over the next 12 months, we're fairly comfortable if there's no supply chain issues, we continue to produce as we've started now. Um, we already have the inventory, so we don't have to worry about blasting. We don't even have to worry about mining. Uh, that's the beauty here. We can produce 50,000 ounces. Um, not this know, year. So that, You're not aiming for 50,000 this year. Next 12 months. So yeah. let's just call it to, by the end of Q1 uh, 2023, right? So okay. the next 12 months. So this year would be nine months. Let's just call it 40. Uh, okay. Maybe we're in the 40 ballpark. Yeah. But 40,000 ounces. When you deduct the stream royalties taxes, it's still going to generate you know twenty five to thirty million of net cash at, at eighteen hundred dollar goal, not even the nineteen hundred and change. So that's a good position to be in that we can generate that much net cash to to, to bolster our balance sheet. Um, and so and then there'll be similar the following year. But uh, you know let's just call it fifty thousand ounces. So forty thousand ounces for the remainder of this year. Let's call it fifty for a full year in twenty twenty three. And so you can do the math again on fifty thousand ounces. It's going to be closer to thirty five million US net cash. So then the cash buildup is is closer to you know on a conservative basis fifty million US over the next two years from that production. And yet eighty two thousand ounces is almost is is already there. So when people do the math on what we put out on our on our reserve for the oxide mine, we say there's two years ahead of us at fifty thousand a year. Well, if there's 82,000 there, and yet we still have more to blast and mine, the chances are we're going to have more than that. We can't we can't say until we actually you know update the the mine model and, and do all that work. But that's that's a nice thing to have because I think we'll have a cash flow buffer from the oxide mine. So everything takes longer. Maybe it costs more in this world. So uh, phase two doesn't come on online in Q1 2024, and maybe it's Q3 2024. We'll right. still have a most probably have the oxide mine producing for that six month buffer. So we're not going to be squeezed in any manner, right? We're going to have our, our build up on our balance sheet plus additional cash flow. So it's a nice situation to be in. Yeah, it's a nice position to be in because you know you're going to be producing cash. And obviously, there's a number of variables uh, there which you need to kind of play with and and, and work out how, how quickly you want to go. Because you've spent some money last year, which you weren't able to I guess monetize in the sense you're sitting built sitting yeah. on inventory. Um, yeah, I get the, the the heat bleach. You kind of need to restart restart that process, and there will be a ramp ramp up. Um, what, whatever the number, you, you've indicated some some numbers there, but whatever whatever that looks like over the next twelve months or over, over the next nine months to the end of this year, and what next year looks like, I guess you will be clearer clearer on with the market at some point. I'm, yeah. I'm sort of intrigued as to how quickly you kind of. Um, advance the kind of the CIL plant um, component and build up giving that you're sitting on a big infantry you want to get into production as quickly as possible um, and you know how much you how much you do on the mining side versus the the build side because uh, yep. you don't need to rush you don't need to do a whole site more mining right now you've got options there yeah but but now that we're getting to it it's, it's a nice to have so we will we are uh, recommencing uh, mining operations, and, and we're going to blast. At full speed, but because you can get once you get through the oxides, then yes, maybe there, there's a pause, or you start building up the fresh ore inventory. Okay, so as you transition there, so because the construction side for the phase two is really next year. It's 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 a it's a 2023 heavy. So this year is not a capex heavy uh, construction heavy year. Now you know we're we're, we're building 
and uh, sorry, we've already put down the the, the groundwork and, and the concrete and foundation work for the crusher phase two, and we're installing it as we speak. So later this summer, that'll be one one piece of phase two already uh, in place now, and that we'll have to, we'll get to use in phase one. So we can actually go through all the oxides quicker because it's three times the capacity. We'll put uh, long lead item deposits down this summer. Uh, we'll do the, some of the earthwork and camp expansion this year. Um, but that's that's probably it. The rest is. Uh, next year, we'll bring in the, the the equipment, and it'll be a, you know a full year of construction next year. So it, it won't get in the way too much of mining and anything else, and we can kind of then transition to development while still processing the oxide uh, inventory. So what are the lessons learned? Obviously, you're saying okay, we're going to move from just in time through to building inventories across the board, and probably for supplies as well. Um, any of the kind of big lessons that you you picked up? Um, listen, I mean, we've always tried to increase the communication with the community, whether it's retail, institutional, and now that we have more things to say, and obviously a quite a quite a exciting year with cash flow expansion and expiration, uh, more regular communication. It's it's really hard to say, hey, uh, manana manana for you know reagents, right? As we have done for nine months, Just no one cared about anything else, no matter how much value. And so we didn't get value for for communicating the message. We, we but we were very clear. Every time that we're working on it, we're working on it, we're working on it to give people comfort that we will have a solution, and we've we've shown that. Um, but yeah, so you touched upon the multiple sourcing. Um, I think communication is the key in regular updates. We have to rebuild some credibility here. Let's be honest, right? So that's what we're doing, and and so that's why we're now hitting the market, uh, updating people on a more regular basis. So I think even though most producers uh, update quarterly, for us, while we're rebuilding this credibility from now till. PDAC or the summer, more regular updates on a monthly basis. So people can see, oh, things are, are going as planned. We're, we're generating cash flow. We're still producing. Oh, we are building our inventory. We didn't have a one hit of reagents and it was start and stop again. Right. So okay. I think I think I think that's 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 the key here. I mean, because we're doing a lot of other good things, but uh, you know, those will those will, you know, we'll get value for that in the future. It's okay. Cool. I'll see you next month then. <laughs> yeah. You, you soon, soon enough. <laughs> Like and like and like, good to catch up. And thanks for um, you know running through that. I know it's been a you know difficult nine months or so. And like I say, you know, there's, there's been nothing really um, to talk about while you, while you've been waiting. But um, as I said uh, last time I watched this, you know, I, I kind of was intrigued to see whether I'd like the story. I did, um, and then you kind of got hit by um, you know all those facts we talked about today. So uh, looking forward to see how you build this thing out and uh, stay in touch. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much.